0: Hello, everybody. This is Guy Courtin with Supply Chain Radio. Very excited today. I am joined today by my longtime friend and esteemed supply chain pundit, Bob Ferrari. Bob, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you as usual. And uh, we're enjoying some fine spring weather here in the Northeast, finally.
1: Absolutely. we are got to
0: relish it. So, Bob, before we start, can you give our audience a quick
1: intro on who you are, what you do, and how they can find you out there in the world wide web? I guess the best way to describe me is uh, an observer of uh, multi-industry supply chains. I've been in the supply chain field for a good long time. Most people know me as an uh, industry analyst, now an independent industry analyst, for the past, going on about 18 years now. Started, Ooh, 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. Uh, God, I do not only really say that sometimes. I, yeah,
0: let's keep moving on. Yeah, with that, keep that yeah. moving. Yeah, keep right. that moving.
1: So, um we're two hats today. Uh, you know, I guess I'm with the wave, so to speak, the online wave. So I am both an independent supply chain industry analyst that has been doing this and monitoring the technology landscape for a good many years, as I mentioned. And then I'm a blogger, and I founded the Supply Chain Matters blog in 2008, and the blog just keeps going on and on and on, and we have a global-wide audience, and uh, now we're covering lots of multi-industry global topics. So that's kind of where I am. And people can find me either on our homepage, com, which is readily available on Google, or the Supply Chain Matters blog, which is where people get to see my thoughts Great. on what's going on.
0: You know, a topic that you and I have sort of touched upon for the past, probably a few months now, we started dabbling in this. And I think it's a, it's very timely with a lot of the things we're seeing, the headlines. It's really this notion of, of logistics networks, right, or the network of networks or networks within networks, you know, however you want to phrase it. Tell us a little bit about, at a high level, what is this concept? What should we be looking for? What should we be understanding? How do we define this concept?
1: Yeah, I mean, the best way I can sort of help the audience, you know, think about this is kind of an analogy that we can think about. So we're all using these shared ride services now. They're really cool so, you know, whether you get Uber, Lyft, or, you know, if you're in a national DD Chongqing in China or my taxi in Europe or wherever it is, you know, it's a very convenient way to get around. It's an alternative way of transportation. So, you know, think of the concept that, you know, now we're hearing about, like in the U.S., here's a driver, an independent contractor that signed up with Uber and even simultaneously signed up with Lyft. So he's sitting in his vehicle and he's looking out for, you know, what's coming in in terms of, you know, shared ride requests. And he's got both networks sort of enabled. So he sees requests coming in for Uber needs. He sees requests coming in for Lyft. And he elects which one he wants to take based on his own criteria. What does he need to optimize, you know, the travel time? The, you know, the fair that's being pitched or whatever, and then he goes with that. Now, that's not exactly what he should be doing, but for me, that's the example of network of networks. And what I've been seeing as an observer is I think the strategies and the pieces are starting to fall in play now, where in three to five years, we literally will be able to see this so that you as a shipper can basically look at, all right, let me look at all the various logistics and transportation networks that I have contracts with. And I have a series of loads or, you know, requirements that I have to contract out. I want to get the most optimal one, especially if I got networks out there that, wow, look at, I've got some available capacity in this very area. Why don't I use that? You know, and everybody win-wins in that kind of a situation because, you know, they want to engage as well. They've got idle assets. That's a network of networks. Let me
0: play sort of devil's advocate with that, Bob, because it feels like, you know, this is kind of a reemergence of the marketplaces, right? Remember back in the day, um, you know, I2, I think it was I2 and Ariba were trying to do something and some other partnerships were trying to create these marketplaces. remember it well. Oh, yes, the good old days. But yeah. These companies that were not necessarily in the same business or in the same functionality, we're trying to partner together to create sort of this one-stop shop marketplace to get a bunch of services. Are we just revisiting that? Are we just going back to the future and now trying to go back and say, "Hey, maybe now, because it's twenty years later, we have better connectivity, We have the cloud, we have you know faster processing and all that, and maybe also a trust factor has increased where we're saying, hey, let's revisit this notion.
1: Exactly. I think it is indeed the latter. A lot of learning has occurred, as you well know, since those days. Right. There were all barriers in terms of how do you engage companies in these kinds of things. There was a lot of trust factors, as you remember, that uh, had to be overcome. What's in it for me? You know, Do I have to pay a fee to be part of the network? All those kinds of things. Uh, hopefully, we've learned a lot. Technology providers have learned a lot. And absolutely, the technology was not ready. We knew that back then as analysts. You know, we were telling the world about that. But, you know, some of us thought, you know, well, are they going to listen or not? But today, you know, think of the fact that today, what we didn't have when when, when these were first uh, launched, today we have Internet of Things. And, you know, we're on the cusp of a lot of good stuff in the Internet of Things once we get through the security issues. And... That links the physical and the digital. So literally, the equipment's going to tell us what the conditions are in any given network. We didn't have that before. We've got blockchain. And you know there's a lot of viewpoints on blockchain, pro and con, and all valid. But that's not to say three to five years. Blockchain is going to play a significant role in security mm-hmm. and trust right. and all those kinds of things. So that's going to be a piece of this. We have AI. We have all these other new technologies we didn't have before. So for me, it's a much more logical play. You know, we've learned a lot. And somebody's going to take that learning yeah. and going to apply it. And that's where I think this is going to go.
0: Who do you see as some of the big players that are going to take these learnings and start creating these transportation and logistics hubs or networks?
1: That's the question of the day. Yeah. So we got the, you know, the traditional players that, you know, have always been in this area. So you've got the FedExes, you the UPSs, the DHLs, they you know, all of those classic parcel transportation logistics carriers. They have extremely large investment budgets. They have global reach. They have scale. Yep. They're naturally going to be a player in this. There's no question about it. Then we got the new disruptors that have come into this area. We all know them now as Amazon. You know, who would have thought three years ago that Amazon would be a competitor? And they are, you know, for their business model reasons. And that's another podcast altogether. But, (laughs) you know, basically, they are going to be a player in this. And then we've got international and global players that we're seeing, you know, really do some good stuff and cool stuff in this area. So you got Alibaba in China, you got JD.com. You got a lot of stuff going on in India right now, and we can talk about that yep. in terms of that. So they're gonna be players. And then the other part of this is the major retailers themselves beyond Amazon. So we're seeing a lot of strategic moves by Walmart right now. Yep. Not only to get into the the various online marketplaces that are evolving globally, you know, both the US and globally. But they're gonna to have to be a player in this logistics and transportation area as well for the very notion of what we're talking about. You know, logistics services are costly. We just heard or disclosed, uh, Amazon disclosed in the annual report they're spending like twenty seven billion dollars a year on transportation and logistics. That's a significant sum. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big chunk of that's a huge change. expense. Now They get to, you know, parse that out, so to speak, because of all those Prime Now memberships. But also, you know, that's what fulfillment by Amazon and Amazon Logistics and Amazon Prime, that's all about how do you get that parsed out. And that's the network of networks that they want to leverage as well. So I think really retailers, major retailers, they're going to be a player too. And all this has to shake out.
0: Well, and that's, that's gets to the next question about this as you said you know you named a bunch of players right everything from the FedExes the Amazons the Walmarts to the retailers what's interesting about this is I look at it and I say well FedEx and UPS DHL and all that right are heavy invested in physical logistics yeah. so trucks boats planes what have you right Amazon obviously as we know has started ramping up right Bezos bought his Air Force and bought airplanes and is buying ships and all that leasing them leasing them yes Walmart has its own truck fleet Do you foresee that these players to truly get into this game and to create their own network have to not only continue doing their own business, but now have to really think physical assets, buying trucks, leasing trucks, leasing physical movement, leasing more warehousing, dealing with unions, right? Different unions, because now all of a sudden I'm dealing with the Teamsters and I have to figure out, okay, I need X amount of drivers. I need to hire them or have them on retainer, what have you. All of a sudden now it's a very different business model than what Walmart went into, you know, how many decades ago yeah. selling stuff or or even Amazon, right? Amazon was selling books and CDs when I first knew them when I was a forester. Now they have a fleet of airplanes and we see their trucks in, on the road. That changes the dynamic, right? That changes your business. That changes your investments. That changes your strategy at some level. What do you think or what would you say to someone, whether it's, it's a Walmart or a Target or a Kohl's or whoever that is thinking about this? I mean, that seems to be a pretty big investment. Is it necessary? Is there another way to achieving this? Should they become part of a bigger network that someone else can handle that, that logistics
1: side? Excellent, excellent question, because that indeed is the issue here. And I've r- written about this many times yeah. you know, as an analyst and The notion here is exactly as you say. Nobody wants to own the physical asset, especially if you got private equity money into your particular entity, right? That's the no-no. Don't put money into hard assets. Leverage somebody else's assets. Well, guess what? That always ends up, you get to the carrier eventually, right? right? Because they, as you point out, they have the physical asset. But they know very well that you leverage the physical asset by exercising the network as much as you can. Seven by 24, around the clock, that asset is never, never idle. So indeed, yes, that is the number one issue for me that's got to be resolved here. Somebody owns the physical assets, somebody wants to be the operator of the network, the leverager of the network, however you want to define that. And there's got to be a coming together of that. For me, that's the way I would watch it play out, okay? Because I think for me, those established carriers now, they have a little leg up on this because they have the asset. Right. Okay? You know, it's there. Yeah. You know, they are well-versed in how to optimize whatever that needs to be. So they've got that problem already solved. Some other players do not. So that's probably where the you know where the alliances are gonna come up. Alliance would be, hey, I've got the technology, it's super cool, I can do all this stuff, you got the assets, let's come together, let's make this happen, kind of thing.
0: Sort of a question that just spurred when you said this, curiosity. Do you think players like the Airlines and like folks like Amtrak are gonna start playing in this? Because they have certain parts of the assets.
1: <laughs> you know, here's the real interesting analogy that's playing out. The United States Postal Service. Right. Okay, and, and President Trump
0: and yes, well.
1: all of this, you know, the stuff that we see getting played out in the media, you know, where it's challenging the Postal Service and it's, you know, giving away stuff to Amazon and right. all that stuff. That's exactly the issue. They got the assets. Yeah. They had the last mile stuff, right? And they were... For me, I, I often give them kudos because they had the cred to basically approach Amazon and said, "Hey, look, we got the assets. We need to turn those assets. We got to get that revenue. Hey, we'll take care of your Sunday delivery. We'll take care of all these other kinds of things." It worked for you know they struck a deal. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. Exactly it. So. In that case, that's something to watch too. Yeah. As we go through this, and then it's same things happening in Europe. You know, you have postal services, and you know, you all these other things that are going on. They've got those networks; they can get to those rural addresses and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's what I was talking about. I, you know, I do predictions every mm-hmm. year, and I'm saying, you know, watch how this stuff plays out. Now, these alliances are going to start to play out. Watch the moves. Yeah. Try to figure out where all this is going.
0: So we've talked a lot about sort of traditional physical businesses here. Talk to me a little bit more about these alliances when it comes to the technology. Are these companies going to look to vendors to come help them build that visibility layer that they need to do this? Will they develop themselves? Is this a play for... Consulting firms or is this, you know, wide open for other alliances to come in and and empower from the technology side?
1: Right now I think it's all the above. Okay. You know, you look at a UPS, you look at a FedEx, they have huge technology budgets, right? Right. They have track records, you know, where they've invested in a lot of stuff and come up with some great innovation in terms of, you know, the UPS driver now is literally carrying a computer, you know, and you know, we get notifications you know, it just amazes me that I get the package and then I get, you know, 30 seconds later on my smartphone, oh, you just signed for our package. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Wow. This past week, I was getting stuff from Amazon and they were sending us notices like, your driver is four stops away. Wow. And they would show you on the map where the driver was and you there could you track the little dot before it got. And then... It would show you when it got to the house, and then what they do now is they take a picture of it of the package being having been delivered. So there's no question of oh, it's on the front stoop.
1: I got it. It's yeah. there. Um, just like our pizza delivery.
0: Just like our pizza delivery. Yeah. Just like Domino's. Yeah, exactly. So you think that so the technology players are gonna are gonna empower? I mean,
1: this gonna be you know again those carriers you know it's just where they want to put the scope. You know, right. One of the things I alerted our Supply Chain Matters readers to is. Back in November, UPS appointed what they called their very first chief innovation officer. Interesting. And I said, you know, watch that development because it exactly plays to your question, Gee. You know, they are seeing, in my view, they need to do some stuff yep. in the technology dimension. That's a piece of that. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, definitely there. And then you got technology players and you can put Amazon in that bucket, yep. I think. Very much so. And you could put others as well. They're going to be players here too. Yep. Okay. So again, it's going to be, each of them are going to come from a different perspective, a different vantage point, but each has something to offer in this. So do you think when you project
0: out four or five years and you you're going to start seeing more of these clustered networks around logistics, what will those look like? Will it be just hypothetically let's say it's a ups partnered with you know a kohl's and a tjx but with software provided by vendor xyz and you know integrator abc that's doing all the the integration building the the platform if you will the network and then we're going to have a bunch of competing sort of clusters that are out there sort of again some same formula with you know pulling in the right pieces they need for those clusters Kinda of like
1: that. You know, for me I think it's gonna be more industry centric. So you could look at for instance B to C retail. Yeah. Okay, so you got online retail, right? The Amazons, uh, you know, the Walmarts, Walmart dot com or Alibaba or whoever it is. So you got online retail, you're going from that to last mile fulfillment, residential, urban, whatever. That's kind of one business scenario here that you can have lots of specialized logistics capability. Then you got B2B, right? You got business to business kinds of things that are going on. And you know, you've got like ocean container carriers like Maersk and others getting into logistics now, or wanting to get into logistics, right? So, you know, we'll take it for intermodal, you know, from the time you put it on the container to the time we get it to your distribution center kind of thing. So, I think you're going to see something evolve around that. It's a different form of optimization. It's more uh, volume focused. Got it. Okay. It's container focused and stuff like that. So probably some stuff around that. And then what we're already seeing now, you got specialized logistics, right? The so-called white glove kinds of things. So, you know, Wayfair, you know, is a perfect example right now. You know, who would have thought five years ago that you could order a couch online, <laughs> Right. right? <laughs> right. Or, you know, or a whole kitchen set of appliances. Yeah. And you say, what? Online? How yeah. can that happen? They get, a you know, a specialized logistics carrier. The truck shows up, same as it does from your appliance store. They come in. They put it all in. They take the old one out. Yep. Everybody's happy, you know, kind of thing. So that's specialized. So there's three examples right there, or three industry kind of focus. And I think it's going to play out something
0: like that. Good. Well, Bob, thanks again. This has been a lot of fun. And thanks, folks. And we'll be back for another episode shortly.